0: Hi, this is Dan Sullivan, and I'm here with Ben Hardy.
1: Yeah, so I figured let's have a conversation around the connection between these two ideas. Yeah. I would love the idea because the four C's to me makes so much sense. And so I guess here's my first thought, and then I'll just pass it to you. The gap and the gain is all about measuring yourself backwards. But one of the things you talk about in the gap and the gain is, is that obviously we all need a future. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot... Demonstrating that we all need a bigger future. We all need to be striving towards the future. The problem is just how we measure ourselves. And the idea of the bigger future reminds me straight up of the four C's because you're committing to a bigger future. You're going through the courage phases, but wherever you land, it's all about the gain. So I guess just walk us through from your perspective the connection of these two books you've written.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, the question is what's at work when somebody is in the gap and what's at work when somebody is in the gain? Okay. And my feelings is that in the 21st century, where we are right now, it takes no talent to be in the gap, okay? And what I mean is you're told to compare yourself with other people. You say, oh, life is all about comparing myself with other people. And then you're given images of people who are superheroes and you're asked to compare yourself with superheroes, (laughs) you're being told, you know, superheroes are people who achieve their ideals. And you said, oh, it's all about having ideals. And so what I'm saying is that it doesn't take much thinking. It doesn't take much effort to just be permanently in the gap. Okay. Then, you know, there's so much about the development of children where they're, said, well, look at so and so what so and so is doing and you're not doing that. And then they're given, you know, standardized testing where the standardized testing automatically ranks them against other people. So what I'm saying is the forces in favor of people being in the gap are many, you know, and depending on what kind of parents you have and, you know, but the thing of actually measuring yourself backwards just against you and where you were actually requires quite a bit of thinking and it requires the development of a certain kind of skill. So therefore, there has to be starting with the four C's, the commitment to be yourself and to measure yourself against yourself. That's the commitment. And that actually requires courage because when you just start doing that, there's a temptation that other people are doing way more than I'm doing. And so you're measuring backwards against where you were and what you had seems very, very insignificant than if I just try to imitate what other people do. So right at the beginning of the development of the gain skills, so that basically it's all gain skill, it's all gain mindsets, it's all gain <laughs> it's all gain consciousness at the beginning really requires quite a bit of commitment and courage, maybe an extraordinary amount of commitment and courage, and then the capability develops, and then the capability kind of grows itself. If you get the capability, your confidence goes up, and then you're more committed to actually do it. The periods of just commitment and courage get smaller and smaller because the capability and confidence is starting to grow. So that's kind of how I see it.
1: You took that such a different direction than I was thinking you would. That was so cool. I guess here's, a, here's an interesting question, Dan. How does the measuring the gain and regularly reflecting back on the progress you've made, in what way does that incentivize you to climb bigger and bigger mountains? Because it's kind of, there's this big connection between graciously and appreciating your past and all you've done, and it does give you hope and confidence you do see the the fresh capabilities and the confidence you've developed against your former self. But I'm wondering how you see that, how viewing the gains then propels you to desire climbing bigger mountains in your future.
0: Well, I think fundamentally is just are the goals you have actually your goals? In other words, these are goals that are very meaningful to you. Or are these goals that other people have given to you
1: What I'm thinking about is this, and I'm really starting to connect in my mind the dots of the four C's. So, obviously, if I'm just thinking about the book, but I'm also thinking about the concept. Obviously, the people we're talking to are people who have big goals. I'm actually a believer that human beings actually need goals to be happy. That's one of the things that I think Viktor Frankl clearly discovered Mm -hmm. in the Holocaust, that once people stopped having goals in the future the present really became horrible and they died. So I, I know we need goals. And I like the four C's model because, and just going off of what you've talked to, you, we need to commit 100% to a bigger future. And once you've committed, then you go through this courage process. And so what I'm liking is, is the book is actually all about how to make massive progress towards your future, but it's not gonna make any sense. It's not gonna be healthy. It's not gonna be useful if you're measuring yourself incorrectly along the way. Yeah. And so to me, it's almost like, the weird part is, is it's almost a book as we're it about the four C's, but it's not really, because it's really about how to accurately measure yourself. But I'm now seeing in my mind that everyone needs to be committing to bigger futures Mm -hmm. and stretching and growing in their capabilities to continue to expand as a person. But first off, you'll stop wanting to continue doing it. And you're not going to enjoy your past. You're not going to enjoy the process if you're in the gap. So, you know, the four C's almost get you in trouble unless you're in the game.
0: The ability to create your own unique future really requires a lot of skill. And the reason is because you're surrounded by temptations to commit yourself to somebody else's future. You know, the NFL is wanting me to commit three and a half hours of my life to their goals, (laughs) to their goals, and when they want to show it to me. Okay, and that when they want to show it to me, I said, nah, 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 There's nothing you can do for three and a half hours that is high on my rank, and especially not that I can only do it during this time. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That's how the question. 15 minutes on my time. time. On (laughs) your time. I can do it, but then I don't want to see all the boring stuff. I just want to see the real stuff, you know. And I've got a book for the future, so I've got a file that's got about 40 titles of future quarterly books, and it's called your attention, your property. And it's about everybody's attention is actually their property. And just a way of getting around this, sometime in the future, Mark Zuckerberg is in front of Congress and some smart legislator says to Mr. Zuckerberg, as I understand it, you have been using other people's property and selling other people's property and giving them nothing in return. So that's been your business model and we understand your business model and just say nothing wrong with the past. But going forward, what we would like you to consider is that if you use 15 minutes of someone's attention and you sell it to someone else, that can be measured now, you know. You can measure everybody and how much attention they're getting. So they get a little bit of money for the use of their property for the next 15 minutes. That'll be your new business model. We're going to legislate that now that if you're a social media platform like that, that you're going to have to pay the user, the user. You're going to have to pay the user for the use of their attention for your purposes for 15 minutes. Not a lot, but, you know, so a penny for every second of everybody you have on Facebook. So what would you think about that, Mr. Zuckerberg? And there would be a puddle under his chair.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he would pee himself. But the whole point is that's what, in fact, is happening, you know. So to a certain extent, the capabilities, we have commitment, we have courage. Now we have cap- the capability is one is that It's your ideals that are shining light on your future, and the goals that you set are your goals. And every goal you have will have a starting point, and there's a measurement at the starting point. And when you get to the goal or you get to the deadline, maybe it's a time thing, and you get to the deadline, you'll say, Well, I didn't quite get to the measurement I thought, but I'm going to look backwards at the measurement. And, you know, I've made great progress and I've learned a lot. So the next time I do this, I'll know how to actually get to the deadline. All this is self contained. This is self contained. There's no outside reference to this. In other words, that the person has become self referential. And then they'll have communication with other people. And he said, I want to tell you what I just created. I just want to tell you what I, what you just create, you know, what have you done with this, you know? So it's not rugged individualism. It's just that it's unique, measurable progress that you can then communicate with other people who are making unique, measurable progress, you know? So that's kind of what I'm seeing here. And that capability, the more you have the capability to Measure from your own past to the future, you become more and more independent and aren't buying into outside issues. So that's kind of like that. And then once you do it once, capability actually creates confidence. You know, confidence is the reward for increased capability. If I have an increased capability, immediately I feel confident. And then I can take another commitment into the future and not requires as much courage, but every new thing actually requires a little bit of courage. So here's a question for you, just
1: kind of connecting a dot. Once you've gained this new level of capability through going through the courage process of pursuing a goal that you've personally committed to, and you've got the courage to actually commit to the future you want rather than the future that other people have told you you should want, and you've now had the courage. and now you have developed new capabilities. Maybe you didn't hit the target you're going for, but you can clearly see that you've developed new capabilities, new skills. And you can see comparing yourself to your former self that you actually now are on a different platform as far as you've got new skills, new knowledge, new abilities, maybe a new network, a new platform. Here's the question about confidence. Does the confidence come because you can measure yourself against your former self and see that you have grown? Is that what actually gives you the confidence? Because you do have new capabilities and the new capabilities gives you confidence that you can now take on bigger futures than you could in the past. Is the confidence in a lot of ways the byproduct of measuring yourself correctly by looking back and seeing... This capabilities your current self has versus your former self, does that help you have confidence as well?
0: Yeah. But I want to point the difference between the so-called confidence that comes from self affirmations. Okay. Well, that's kind of a cheering. You're kind of cheering yourself and everything else. That's almost more courage, right? It's like helium,
1: right? You're just trying to partially inflate yourself to do something, right?
0: Yeah, or, you know, uh, it's a feel-good thing. But outside of you, there would be no measurement that you'd done anything different. My sense is the truth of your improvements is the measurements. Yeah, it's just measuring yourself against your former self. You were here, and now we're here.
1: You're just explaining what you did, right? Yeah. So, in my opinion, what I like about all this is
0: that confidence comes by just reporting what happened. Yeah, having good measurements, reporting on the measurements, but now use the new measurements To project a bigger future. To project a bigger future. Yeah, Yeah, confidence when accurate,
1: not when self-esteem-based. You know, obviously, I think self-esteem is fine to have. You know, low self-esteem may actually come by being in the gap. But self-esteem itself is not nearly as important as confidence. But I like the idea that when you look back, you know, measure what you did. And that's really the only accurate thing you can. And it takes courage to stop measuring yourself against other things. It also is a healthy recognition of the capabilities and the progress you've made that then gives you the hope and the confidence. Because as I see it, confidence is the basis of imagination. The more confidence you have, the more imagination you can have towards a bigger future. And then, you know, whatever future you imagine, then you can commit 100% to, you know, and then you can go back through this new process. And probably along the way, Dan, wouldn't you argue that along the way you trust yourself more, your goals become more and more your own. Maybe in the past you achieved goals that were like 80% yours and 20%, but as you go along this process, you commit 100% to bigger and bigger futures that are solely your own and you're, and you're measuring yourself more healthily and more accurately. Yeah, I think a big, big part of this book for me is that idea of having good measurements, measuring yourself accurately, measuring yourself correctly, having healthy measurements for your own self-esteem or so, yeah. you know your own mental health, but also for your own confidence. I think that that is one of the most unique contributions of this book yeah. that I don't know if anyone who's talked about good measurements. And so yeah. I don't know if you just go into that a little bit more and how that relates to and enhances confidence?
0: Well, there's two types of measurements that we derive a sense of progress and achievement from. One is where we can use a number and our new number is bigger than our other num- That's why we created numbers. <laughs> <laughs> to we, we created numbers so that we could measure before and after, you know, that's basically why we have numbers. OK. And the other thing is events. An event either happens or it doesn't happen, events in time. And there's no ambiguity about whether it happened. You know, first man to step on the moon. Well, Did it or not? It either happened or it didn't happen. You know, first person to the top of Mount Everest. It either happened or it didn't happen. You know, and you got to have convincing proof. If you did it alone, you got to have some sort of convincing proof—not for everybody else's sake, but for your own sake—that you actually did this. You know, we don't know. I mean, over the centuries, maybe 500 people climbed Mount Everest. It's just that there's no evidence for it. You know, and it wasn't a big deal. Mount what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> where's that? You know, who cares? You know. So the whole point is that. Just being inside of our own thoughts. Tucker was blown away by this when we we did this, the big book. We spent about four hours and he just asked me a question about because he liked my little book, my book breakthrough book. Tucker said, God, that is so amazing. He says, What's a book do for an entrepreneur? And I said, Well, to a certain extent, entrepreneurs spend a lot of time with their own thoughts. You spend a lot of time with your own strategies and you spend time, but nobody outside of your head knows about these things. And the whole question is, you can get to a point where says, you know, is what I'm thinking actually real or not real, okay? And I said, but if you take your thoughts and you put it in a book and then people read the book and they come and you can tell by their response that they really got the point of your thought, you have a feeling that what you're thinking actually has reality outside of your head.
1: It really, yes, agreed.
0: You can imagine anything you want and you can spend your life. But it's nice when that has true merit and can actually tangibly affect other and you people. You can spend your life in your imagination and you can keep yourself fascinated, but not once during that lifetime do you have proof that what you're imagining has any reality outside of your head. And I think measured achievements That there's no doubt in your mind that this is real. And then that there's other people who said, yeah, that's real. That's, I mean, you can say all you want about how great a year you had, but your banker, your accountant, the tax department (laughs) will give you additional information about what kind of year you had. I agree.
1: The gap in the gain is how you measure backwards in a healthy manner. And the better you get at the gain, the better and more clear you'll be At the four C's. That's how I'm I'm seeing it at the moment.
0: Yeah. The way I see it is the gap and the gain is the major idea. 100%. And then how you go about getting better at the the gain so that you're not in the gap, there's a formula and you have to commit to your measurements. You have to have measurements. You have to commit to your measurements and you have to accept your measurements. You know, you don't. And are those measurements forward and backward, you mean? Yeah, forward and backward. Yeah the other thing you know we can get into as you get further down the road is that this ability to measure you know from starting point to achievement point becomes a phenomenal future creating skill but it also allows you to go back to your past and Talk about measurements you've had in the past that you've completely disregarded because you were in the gap.
1: Yes, 100 percent. How is
0: you going to go back and give satisfying reality to your past. I couldn't agree more. So you can't look in the past. I used to have a lot of friends, but now I don't have friends. That will not encourage longevity because you're getting lonelier. Okay. so you need more and better friends as you get older. More and better friends as you get older. One is there's always more than enough money. You have a sense that there's always more than enough money for whatever you're thinking about the future. There's always going to be more than enough. You're never going to have to cut down your ambitions in your lifestyle because of a lack of money. Okay, number three. The purpose you have for the future is bigger than anything you ever had for the past. The
1: purpose you have towards your future is bigger than anything you've ever had towards. The the
0: purpose is that you're aiming towards in the future is bigger than anything you ever had in the past. Okay. I like that. And I said two more novelty. You're constantly amazed at the new things that are happening and say, wow, this is really different. And I said, what's happened during COVID year is just absolutely the biggest thing that I can remember in my entire lifetime. I said, This has just been an amazing year. This has been an amazing year. I said, Oh, wow. You know, I couldn't have predicted this. I, no way I could have predicted this and what's happened and how it's happened. I'm just constantly amazed at what an amazing year this has been. Novelty. And I said, The fifth one is that you really have to like who you used to be.
1: Why is that one? Although I like it a lot. Is that the gain mindset?
0: Yeah. Well, if you don't like yourself through all the futures you've had up until now, why would you like yourself in the future that's ahead? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Sounds to me like you've got a habit of not liking yourself. And you've. So, why is the future version going to like yourself? Why is the future version going to be? And I said, I got this line, you know, it's sort of a take on Elon Musk. If I walk on Mars, then will I like myself? <laughs> well, one thing that I like that
1: distinguishes this is it's okay if you're not the same exact person you used to be. You may see the world differently, but you love who you used to be and you respect who you used to be. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs>
0: that is a funny distinguishment. Will I finally like myself once I walk on Mars? Yeah, I've got two Elon Musk ones. <laughs> you know, I'm going to walk on Mars and then Daddy will like me. <laughs> and, and Daddy will like me. <laughs> you know, but he talks about, you know, the horrible relationship he had with his father, you know, that's part of his autobiography. And I said, you know, how long does that last that you didn't get along with your dad? You know, I mean, uh, my attitude toward my parents is just deepening and expanding gratitude as I go on. I I said, geez, I had terrific, I mean, for who I am, I said my parents were just marvelous for who who I am. I think that's such a good mindset, such a good gain mindset, such a good healthy mindset, such a grateful, appreciative yeah. mindset. And it's it's good. <laughs> wow. But I feel that way about the Catholic. I haven't been to church in 50 years, but my attitude toward the Catholic Church in the first 27, I said it was great, kind of the foundations that I got and the examples of really committed people and everything else. I said. So good. That's how we should view our past. I think
1: you've clarified this for me, but it's, I think the core aspect, a positive, healthy mental life is that you have a good past and an exciting future. Because from a psychology standpoint, the past is lived in the present and the future is lived in the present. In a psychology sense, your view of the past and your view of the future is what impacts your experience in the present. And so if you have a good, positive past and you have an exciting, compelling future, your present's pretty exciting. Yeah. Your present's a great experience.
0: Yeah, and one thing is a thought, and I don't know if it blends in this book, but I think there has to be a basic recognition in every person's life. Certainly, I feel it necessary that at a certain point, you know, you're conscious that you're alive and you recognize and accept the fact that none of this was created for you particularly none of this was created with you in mind it's just there you know don't blame it because it wasn't set up for you you know everybody's got to be born somehow somewhere we get here you know and if you just accept that none of this was created with you in mind and therefore you shouldn't feel that you're being especially disadvantaged by it or anything else i think that that kind of frees you just to oh well these are the cards I dealt. Let's see if I can win with this hand, you know. It has nothing to do with you, you know? <laughs> I said, you can accept it, you can reject it and everything, but it wasn't intended for you in the first place. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, yeah, Dan, this has been so
1: fun. Thank you for your time today. I mean, I've just loved it. I'm so falling in love with this process of writing these books. And yeah, there's just so much gold here. I mean, it couldn't be more fun for me.